Hello, and thanks for joining us here at the Beyond Distribution with GTDC podcast. Today's episode features Blaine Radon, who is the CEO of the channel company, and it was recorded during their extremely popular exchange event. Blaine talks to Frank about the evolution of the channel from the traditional model to the complexity of today's ecosystems and the importance of supporting the customer through the transition. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the episode. Okay, welcome everybody to another edition of the GTDC Beyond Distribution podcast. I'm here live on site at the Channel Company Exchange event in Denver, and I'm thrilled to have with me uh, the CEO of the Channel Company, Blaine Radden. Hello, Blaine. Thanks for having me, Frank. Good to see you again. Yeah. So, how's the event going? Tell me a little bit about it. Well, first of all, it's the biggest event we've ever had. Yep. Um, it's our second August exchange. This was the first event we kicked off last year, so we've done a, a full year of our events in person. So yep. that's been a nice uh, the energy, and it's been nice to see everybody get back together. I think last year when we did this, we were kind of ahead of the curve, and yeah. people are starting to catch up. Um, we've had more partners here. We have over 300 partners, over 100 vendors, sponsors, yeah. uh, and just the energy that we see and everything about this event has been fun. And uh, and we're really excited about the next couple of days. Yeah, I felt it. I, um, I walked around the, today a little bit. I was here this morning, and uh, one of the things I commented to somebody earlier, good news, I guess, is about 95% of the people here, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't recognize, they didn't know me. Um, and so that tells me you're getting you know, the next generation of solution providers, vendors, et cetera which is good. Yeah, uh, and, really and that's good. by design. We always try to make sure there's uh, about 60, 65% of the audience is refreshed mm -hmm. so that the sponsors coming in have new audiences. It, it also, it gives these, uh, these solution providers a chance to come in and rotate through. So that's by design. It really does keep everything new. Yeah, yeah. So what are some of the uh, topics that, you, that you're covering, like in the main tent with some of the things? I heard you had a panel this morning on sort of the 40-year anniversary. Yeah, or, that was yeah. fun. I got to actually participate on that one myself. Oh, yeah. So we had Donna Grogen, we had a couple of solution providers, the added team ran it for us. Um, and it was just talking about what's gone on in the last 40 years and kind of where we see this thing going, the changes. I think one of the themes that came out of that discussion was the channel is built on a natural change capability. They have evolved as the industry has evolved. And those who don't evolve don't, don't tend to survive. But you see some of these channel partners have been around for 20, 30, 40 years. And just think back on what we talked about on the panel, the amount of change that they've gone through and major you know, technology shifts and how they've had to evolve their business model and you know, change from you know, what used to be a very you know, vendor-centric, I'm an extension of the vendor, to now a very customer-centric. They become an extension of their customer, and their customer segmentation is the most important thing to them. Their brand has become a lot more important than it ever was in the past. They were always representing the other manufacturers' brands, and now it's really important for them to build their own. And so th those kind of changes were all part of the discussion. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, I think that transition's been made uh, for, a lot, for a lot of the years, for, for a lot of the 40 years. <laughs> not, I wasn't part of all of them, but I was probably part of 30 of them. Uh, there was always that discussion, always that debate. Uh, whose brand is it? Who owns the customer? Uh, I think that settled out pretty, pretty much. And by the way, 
my experience, the vendor community is happy about that. Yeah. I don't think the vendor community has any issue at all with that because um, what they're looking for from the channel is that extension, right, of, of, of their business. So I think it's great. You know, I also did a, uh, uh, a shot video on the 40-year piece, and I was sad to say that I probably won't be around for the next 40. So, you know, you probably won't be either. Oh, I know I won't be, but you might be. You're, yeah, you're, I don't think so. Yeah, a little more energy. Yeah, I don't think so. But anyway, so, um, well, good. So the other thing, uh, Blaine, that you guys have traditionally done here at this event, uh, uh, well, there's actually two things. One is the ARC awards, right, uh, and the score uh, that each vendor gets based on the input by the solution providers. And I used to anxiously look forward to seeing that yeah. when I was on the vendor side. So tell me about that. You still doing that? So yeah, the, the actual ARC recognition will be in the October issue of CRN. Mm -hmm. um, we've completed the research. And what we're doing now is going through the preliminary research with each of our vendor partners to show them how they did. Uh, the ARC, for those who don't know, we ask about 21 categories. Uh, we go out to a, a manufacturer's specific partner base and we ask them questions around ease of doing business, product quality, support, um, go-to-market strategy, programs, and we get a we get a rating. They get mm -hmm. to compare themselves not only against the industry, yep. but they also get to compare in their category. How did they do against their category peers? It, when I was when you and I were together at uh, Juniper and IBM, these were always really important. Yeah. It's your way of measuring, yeah, totally. and it's not you know most people do a partner satisfaction survey but you're talking to your partners, there's no context to it. Right. This puts your satisfaction completely in context. Yep. Yep. And I could always, uh, when I would look at these year over year, you could always kind of see the fruits of your labor yep. because you would see your scores go up. Or if you, if you got a bad score, you would take action and be able to turn that around. So I think they're really valuable and we get really good feedback from our, uh, from our sponsors of this. Well, the methodology is, is is tight yeah. right which is which is one of the things i liked about it yeah. right which was there wasn't a lot of you know moving around yeah. the, the categories there wasn't a lot of you know subjective kinds of things it was tight methodology so therefore you had to sort of perform and you couldn't manipulate it and no. and the way you manipulate it frankly by was doing the things you're supposed to do as a vendor yeah. and then the solution providers you know either approve of it or not and it was a good scorecard the other thing is we keep it consistent year over year. Yeah. So you can see your trends. We'll, we'll add a question or tweak a question, maybe one, one per year. Uh, but it's really important for us to see a three or four year trend to see how you're doing. Yeah. And the vendors get a lot of value when we're consistent about this. So that's been important for us. Yeah. So um, the other thing that, that you guys have traditionally done, and I participated in for a lot of years, was uh, CLF the yeah. Channel Leadership Forum, which um, was the vendor channel chiefs. And they sit in the room with your research people and go through a full day of, you know, getting the benefit of research that you guys have done, but then being able to talk about it with their peers and get a sense for, you know, sort of what it meant and what was driving it, what you could do about it. And frankly, I used to walk away with a ton of, you know, really good ideas from my peers yeah. and you know uh, so i'm assuming that that's still happening it's an all-day event on wednesday it is yep. uh, we take advantage of it being part of here because a lot of those channel chiefs are already here to yep. participate in the event 
So this year, uh, the research that's fresh that we're going to be covering is as a service research mm -hmm. and a lot of research around the marketplace. But Channelytics is, is, a, is a research subscription model, and we have about anywhere from 10 to 12 uh, modules that we do uh, research around. It's very in-depth research. It's used by our, our sponsors, our vendor sponsors, um, to really educate their teams, understand the market, and a lot of the times justify things that they need to do in the market. So we keep those modules refreshed, and when we do these CLFs, we do them uh, virtually every month, and then we do it once a year on, in person here. And it's really our way of getting together anywhere from 25 to 30 of the top companies mm -hmm. and their channel chiefs to talk about relevant in-depth research. These are, you know, like I said, it's an all-day event for us, so there'll be a lot of interaction. It's almost like an advisory council, yeah. but not for us. It's an advisory council for them and their peers. Yeah, yeah. We provide research and we provide topics and we facilitate, but it really is about their interaction. Yeah. No, I think it's, uh, I mean, you know, I did it for a long time and it was really valuable. Um, you get a lot of good ideas, you get a lot of good feedback, plus you get to, you know, interact with, yeah. with a lot of the folks who, frankly, have gone on to, you know, do lots of different things in the channel. Yep. Right? Um, yeah, so what, um, so that, that's one of the topics. What was the, the other topic you said was? The cloud uh, marketplace, cloud and marketplace. what's going on. Yeah. Um, and, and we've refreshed that, uh, that research. That's absolutely something that, you know, everybody's interested right. in. How, how is it going to impact it in your world? You know, how does the distribution cloud marketplaces and the billions of dollars they're spending yep. to build those out, how do they, how do they compete with the CSPs, with Amazon, Google, Microsoft? What's the interaction with the partners and what role do they play? And frankly, in some of these marketplaces, the sellers, you know, start to start to bleed in. You got resellers, you got ISVs, you know, you got CSPs. So it, it really starts to pull things together. And I don't think it's hit its equilibrium. We still don't know what that's going to look like. Um, we're, we're seeing it grow. Um, we're seeing people struggle with it you know getting on the marketplace is just the very first step yep. you know you got to market yourself on the marketplace you got to support that so it's it's an interesting dynamic and it is one of those major changes in the in the industry well I think that you know if you look at the, the transition over the last 15 years let's say there was a long period of time probably three or four years that people were trying to figure out cloud yeah and it was the same thing it was like well, we know it's there. <laughs> we know it's coming. We're not quite sure how it's going to materialize. We're not quite sure how you're going to operationalize it. And more importantly, how you're going to monetize it, right? In fact, I remember doing an interview at one point, probably at one of these events, and I was asked a question, and I was like, well, I'm not convinced. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, it was just like, it was just kind of lingering, it, you know? Shows how smart I was back then, but. It's probably um, going to stay with us. Yeah, right. I think it's probably going to be there for a while. Yeah, I realized that when I was trying to sell storage. That, <laughs> that's when I realized that it wasn't working really well. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't go real well. It didn't, stay, it didn't do that very long. Um, but, yeah, the other thing, though, is I think the confusion over sort of the cloud marketplaces and the platforms. Yeah. I, think there's, I think there's a lot of education that needs to be done in the marketplace you know, over that, right? Yeah. And, and I know, like for example, for the distributors, um, you're right, they're investing huge amounts of dollars, 
what people don't quite get all the time is that there is still a ton of work that needs to be done in the B2B space. Now, in the consumer space, it's a little different. Somebody can get online and buy something and, you know, they're up and running. But in the B2B space, when you're selling to small businesses, there's tons of things that need to get done, and the DISTIs are filling, you know, those gaps. And I don't think people recognize that and understand that. I mean, guys like you do and the channel chiefs, I think, do. Um, but I think the more we can educate the marketplace on it, so I'm hoping that research will, will, will do some of that. It will, and I, I had a meeting today. The beauty about this is I get to meet with a lot of vendors and distributors from around the industry, and I get to hear a lot while I'm here for the next two or three days. I met with Ingram. Yeah. And when I listen to Dennis talk from Ingram about, you know, kind of where their business is going and the marketplaces and, you know, kind of how they're really changing the dynamics of how they market, how they work with their partners, they're really becoming the business support yeah. for their resellers. I think we're seeing a change in distribution. And just listening to the, to the discussion today was, you know, a recognition that that evolution is continuing and the relationship between the partners and their distributor is becoming critical business connections. And so that's an interesting play. I, I really, you know, I, I've, I've worked in distribution with you for a long time, and I, I said this on stage, I think distribution has gone through as much change with as much um, input and, and output in this industry as anything we've done. Yeah. How many times have we heard somebody say distribution is dead yep. or the distributors are dinosaurs? Yep. Yep. And now they just keep evolving. Yeah. They well, just keep evolving. Well, you know why? Because there's 40 years of investment there. And, and what people take for granted is that 40 years of stuff that has to get done that's the backbone of how we do business. But because they do it so well and they've done it for so long, it gets overlooked yeah. and it's like, well, what's about, what about the new stuff? Well, the new stuff is coming, but you have to do it on a platform. It's like building a house, it's gotta have the foundation there and it's gotta make sense. Um, but I think, you know, I think the more we can tell the story, uh, the, the better, you know, the better we'll be, you know, there. And I think the, and I think the vendors, you know, the channel chiefs, frankly, um, want and need that information because in a lot of cases they're going back inside their companies and they're talking to sort of the non-channel people in their company who's saying, well, I understood the value of distribution when, you know, when they were a warehouse and a bank, but now tell me the value of distribution in the world of, you know, cloud and platform and marketplaces and you gotta be able to tell that story because it's there. Yeah. Remember when we were in that, that same transition when we went from box licenses to software keys and software licenses, Totally. everybody thought the same thing. Totally. Ah. Yeah. And the distribution. Somebody's got to no do role the work. For them. Yeah, yeah, somebody's got to do the work. Still got to process. Work is still you still got to process orders. Yeah. You get, still got to fund the fund the backlog. You still, it, it all it all still has a lot of work to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know you guys uh, do a good job um, with with the distributors. I know you know you've got good partnerships. Many of them. You're you're working on a lot of a lot of various you know research projects, etc. Um, so so you know you guys get it. But you should, because you're right in the forefront. The other thing is, with the distributors, what's, what's also changed is it used to be a very sort of linear, you know, go-to-market model. You know, it went from vendor to, to disty to end user or vendor to direct to solution provider to end user. Um, and now it's more of an ecosystem play. Yeah. And, you know, there's a chart that 
IDC is actually uh, runs around and shows, which is a really interesting chart, which really depicts graphically how the how that how that ecosystem works because there's so many interfaces now. So yeah. a lot more complicated than it was. Yeah, it's not the uh, builder, seller, buyer model that we knew in the past. No, not not even that close. So okay, so we're here in North America. We're yep. talking about North America, but channel companies had some really exciting announcements over the last, you know, certainly over the last three months, but over the last year probably, and now international, right? So mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that and what you're, doing, what you're doing there. So we've made three very strategic acquisitions uh, since the beginning of 2021. Um, the first one was a consulting organization out of Seattle. Audience was their name. Yeah. Um, we put I Audience and iPad together and we now really have a, a formidable, formidable consulting organization to support our research and to work with our customers. We have over 100 on-staff consultants. We have another 50-plus more that we use on a regular basis as contractors. And feeding the research for Channelytics, making sure that we're on the forefront of this thought leadership and that we can help partners kind of think through their, their channel, think through their strategic communications, and we do everything from change management to program design. And so that, that piece of the business was uh, really beefed up when we bought Audience. Um, they have a specific skill being out of Seattle and having strong relationships with the cloud providers up there. They had a specific skill uh, set in market in marketplaces and as a service models. And that was something we saw as uh, that and security are always you know, top of mind in terms of we need to stay on the forefront of that if we're gonna be a thought leader in this industry. So that was a US-based company. At the beginning of the year, we were a US-based company, but in February, we announced an acquisition of B-Channels. Um, we had competed against B-Channels when I was a vendor. I bought their services. It was a, I always respected the hell out of them. But they're an agency, a, a marketing agency that has done some incredible things in concierge services and the data structure that they've built out and, and what they look at worldwide with a, data, a database of 750,000 partners, and just their model to be able to deliver uh, campaigns throughout the world in 20 different languages in almost every country. Uh, and supporting one of the most important things I hear from the vendor partners is, I love what the channel company does. I wish you could do it worldwide. Yeah. So yep. picking them up yep. really gave us a footprint. They've yep. got offices in Oxford, Madrid, uh, Malaysia, and, and Sydney. Uh, that was the second one, so that kind of opened us up, gave us good, uh, good data uh, capability, enhanced our agency, and, and, and gave us a uh, worldwide footprint. And then we're really committed to expanding CRN to a worldwide footprint. And one of the big things we needed to do is, is to get back uh, the CRN UK brand that had been independent from us for a long time. We have a couple of nice, friendly franchise relationships, but that one was an independent. Yep. And if we're going to be a worldwide... Uh, media organization, we needed that. So yep. we went out and, and purchased Incisive's technology division. They also have a, a really nice uh, end user magazine called Computing that fits nicely with MES. And they're a European based company. It really rounds us out. We got a little bit of work to do in the uh, APJ region. Mm -hmm. We got India and, and, and Sydney right now. But we're going to build out two media brands in CRN and computing worldwide. Yeah, I think it's a big deal. I mean, for sure the research uh, and the consulting on a global basis makes a ton of sense because 
a lot of the uh, vendors, in fact, a lot of the ones that I'm sure you have in CLF are, are global, right? They're not just yeah. the North America leaders, they're the global leaders, and therefore they want a global offering. Uh, I can tell you with personal experience, um, your editor for the UK participated in our event in June, um, uh, Nima, and did a great job. She hosted a panel um, uh, on inclusion uh, and diversity and did a, did a really good job and went over really well by the, um, you know, but with, the, with the audience. And traditionally, we hadn't done that yeah. you know, in Europe. And so that was a, that was a really nice uh, change and a nice addition. So it was, it was good to have CRM there. We're going to build out the model globally. We're still going to have to execute in the regions. Yeah, yeah. Not everything translates. But I do like the idea they had a fight night in the UK where the vendors and the solution providers get together in a ring and box with each other. You think we could do that in the US? You I, don't know, I don't know. You and I? No, I come think, on. I don't come on. Put the gloves on. Maybe 20 years come on, ago, maybe come on. we might have, but I don't think that'll work. Not everything will translate. Yeah. So, um, so closing here, um, tell me a little bit about what's coming up. So, obviously, you know, you guys have a. Uh, a series of events that go out through the year yeah. um, and they're targeted to different audiences with different you know types of things so what what's next what, what's happening for the rest of the year so next is our MES midsize enterprise summit event where we have end users come in it's basically a very similar format to exchange yeah. boardroom format hosted model um, we're doing that in Orlando uh, that's coming up in September in October we have both best of breed and we have our next-gen conference um, both channel events yeah. And then we have um, we have our Women of the Channel event. It's oh. going to be it's sold out already. Believe it or not, it's been sold out for over a month. There's just a huge excitement around that. We've we've gotten to the max of if for those who have been, we do it at the Hilton in Midtown, and we could not put another body in that hotel. So it's going to be a really exciting charged up event. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, and I can't name them by name because they're fairly new to me. We picked them up in July. But there's another series of events going on in the UK and in EMEA. They have a very packed second half with award shows, seminars, and, and channel events and end user events that will be going on in the European side of the house, including they have a women in tech group that they get together every year. And we're taking our women in the channels and we're going to combine those efforts and we're going to do a joint event this year uh, in November in, in the UK. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, it was it was interesting during our uh, our event um, after we did the panel. Um, I kind of got up and was introducing the next panel, and I kind of looked around, and you know, we had probably we had 150 people in the room, and there were maybe 15 women, right? Yeah. And that should be triple, yeah. right? Uh, you know, we had 10 percent; it ought to be 30, 40, you know, 50. Um, and so, there's work to do there. But I think they're 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 open to it, and yeah. I think it'll I think it'll work. Plus, you guys, I mean, y you guys created the model. I mean, the woman of the channel model, you know, I don't know, was six seven years ago when you first started it. I Actually, can't even I think it's over ten. Is it over ten yeah. now? Yeah, over ten. I mean, it old. was it was groundbreaking at the time, yeah. but now it's sort of like everybody wants to participate. Yeah, yeah. And we just launched. Uh, I know you know this. Last year, uh, we launched an inclusive leadership network yeah. to talk. It's really a uh, call it a sister organization because you can't talk about inclusion and diversity and belongings without talking about women's issues. But we wanted to keep the women's issues front of mind and pick up the rest of the dialogue. Mm -hmm. That's been launched and we've got some great support from our sponsors. 
the membership is building, the content is building. So if you fast forward 10 years, I would expect that that's got the same impact. We got over 5,000 women in our community and the events we do with women in the channel are just, just you know, stellar events. Yeah, good. All right, well, um, well done. You guys are doing terrific work. I'm happy to be here and uh, keep it up. And uh, I look forward to seeing you at the next event. Appreciate it. All Thanks right. for having Thank me. Thank you, absolutely.